MHV Voice, connecting people and sharing ideas. Incorporating science into real solutions is important for the agricultural industry, and we're lucky to be supported by an industry constantly searching how we can do this. But taking a step to outlay time and money into new technologies is a big decision in managing a farm system, especially in the changing environment we work in today. In this episode of MHV Voice, we look into the journey of developing Spikey, a technology related to the management of the much-discussed topic of nitrate nitrogen. We catch up with both the inventor of Spikey and someone who has added it to their farm system to find out more about how it works and how applying it to your existing farm system works practically in a day-to-day sense. I'm here with Jeff Bates, one of the co-founders of Pastoral Robotics, who has not only invented Spikey, but also other agri-tech innovations. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Mel. So right. um, you, you've been described, so I've been having, I've been, been looking at you a wee bit, you've been described as a mechatronics engineer, an inventor, um, and an innovator, and whilst I normally try, I do try and steer away from labels, um, they all seem pretty appropriate to me. How would you describe what you do? Oh, madness. Um, no, <laughs> that, that is correct. I, I'm actually a mechanical engineer by training because we didn't have mechatronics mm-hmm. back then. But all of my career I've been in that space of using electronics and machines to get an outcome for customers. Yeah, and so that's, and so that's what you're doing with partial robotics? Oh, very much. I mean, it's, a, it's a big complex piece of kit that analyzes the soil surface. From that it works out where the urine patches are and where they aren't. It's a piece of precision agriculture, in effect, which analyzes a relatively small rectangle, about 200 by 100, and decides what the best thing to do with that bit of pasture actually is, whether that's applying a treatment because it's too much nitrogen from a urine patch or applying fertilizer or who knows what in the future. But um, that's what it is. So, so urine patches, I mean, we've jumped right into spiky, but urine patches are a really big concern for dairy farmers and beef farmers across New Zealand, um, and I suppose also the world. But how did you come to focus on um, nitrogen or improving nitrogen use efficiency on farms? Well, so for a number of years, I've been interested in agriculture. And at the time, I was working with Callaghan Innovation as sector manager for Agritech, and I bumped into Bert Quinn, who's relatively mm-hmm. well-known in the industry. Yes. And, and his comment was, if we could detect urine patches, we could do something about it. So I started trialling different ideas, very crude prototypes. It's always the mm-hmm. best way to find out and fail fast if you can on your idea. And yeah. came up with what Spikey does is by far the best way, not the only way, but the best way of detecting urine patches in the environment that you're dealing with on a farm. Um, I like to call it peak shit because it's, <laughs> the paddock's about as dirty as it's going to get. Yeah. And so we needed to come up with something very robust, and, and that's what Spikey's system is. Um, so Spikey is is actually the what it's a it's that's its name, but it's actually spiking the ground the surface. Yeah, not really, actually. It's kind mm-hmm. of a misnomer. The, the discs <laughs> are spiky because we want to get through that top plant matter and make mm. contact with the ground, but they're not sharp, um, particularly after you've used it for a year or two. But they do yeah. make it through and make contact with the soil surface, and that gives them electrical contact, but it doesn't modify the plant or the soil in any way. And from analysing the electrical properties of the soil, we're able to, on the fly, work out what's down there in terms of urine patches. And there are other things we can measure as well that we yet to really make full advantage of. 
Yeah, and that's that's probably a good point because Spikey's had quite the evolution, hasn't it? It certainly has. <laughs> like like all, all good overnight successes, we're already 10 years down the track. Yeah. Um, and, yes, we started off sort of aiming to go behind a small robot, but mm-hmm. there wasn't such a thing on the market at the time and there wasn't or isn't really a, an acceptation of that technology just yet, although it's coming a lot closer. So we had yeah. to look at ourselves and say, well, what's going to work for a real-world farmer? And that became a three-point linkage unit. Right. And And then... It's another job at the busiest time of year for a farmer, so it didn't really yeah. appeal. So we then looked back into it and came up with the idea of following the contractors, um, and particularly this Canterbury model where you have contractors with high-tech pieces of kit um, really set up for servicing the local farmers, and that's what Spikey's evolved into. With Spikey, you're identifying the urine patches. Um, what are you spraying on the urine patches? At the moment, we're relatively limited. We, we call it a mix, we call nitrostop, but it's actual. What's in it is likely to vary quite a lot. So at mm-hmm. the moment, growth promoters is the only thing that we're allowed to use under the ACB. We are working also, well, we have done quite a bit of work with um, fertilisers as well, just to assist the growth of the grass. Because the best right. outcome, a urine patch is full of nitrogen, and the best right. outcome for the environment and the farmer is to convert as much of that nitrogen into grass or dry matter. And the more pasture you've got, the better off you are because it keeps the nitrogen in the farm system and out of the environment. Um, so we're certainly working at the moment to looking at different fertilisers we can put in there as well. Mm-hmm. We've got 600 kilograms of dry matter per hectare approximately in a urine patch. Now, to use that, there'll be all sorts of other things that you've got the right amount of in your normal pasture, but not the right amount for that high level of, of, of nitrogen. So you, you've got to address what's limiting growth and try and uh, correct that. What are the greenhouse gas emissions? Presumably they'd be quite positive. Look, when, and it's only a matter of time, we're allowed to put nitrification inhibitors in there, the potential is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by over 50%. The reality is, coupled with methane inhibitors, we can turn dairy farming into carbon negative. And we're very close in terms of science as a country into doing that. And and Spikey is an integral part of it. It's, it's not the solution, it's part of the solution. Having this machinery on a property frequently is quite a change to your farm system and I expect likely the cost. Can you explain more about what the costs are? It all depends on the amount of extra growth you get. So right. at the moment... <laughs> oh, that's value though, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's reality though. Yeah. At the moment, I think it's $60 a hectare for the farmer, so it's, which is $50 more in Canterbury than it would cost to put your fertiliser on with a normal mm-hmm. bird spreader. Yeah. Um, so if you get 10% more growth, it's, it's going to break even. You get 20% more growth, it, it's um, very, very good. And then we're in that range, 10 to 20% at the moment, and working on it. Of, a, of additional growth in the pasture. That's correct, yes. That's, that's quite an impressive response. What, what are you targeting? What do you think it's capable of? Well, we're doing different things. So firstly, we're not putting um, urea on the urine patch. So that alone saves 10% of your urea. So if you're nitrogen cap limited, you can put that on the pasture or you can bank it and not do other mitigation. Yes, save, save yourself some money on fertiliser. Yes, although, yeah, and the gain is, so there, there's gain number one. Mm-hmm. Second, we're doing everything we can to make the urine patch grow better. And particularly in the shoulder seasons, an awful lot of your growth actually happens in the urine patch, and particularly if you're short of nitrogen. So anything mm-hmm. we can do to increase that growth is a good thing.
and anything we can do that therefore means there's less nitrogen left to be lost is a good thing for the farmer. And then finally, we're putting in the very latest iteration of Spikey the fertilizer on as a liquid that's um, extraordinarily evenly spread. Now, if you're putting on a high amount of nitrogen, so what? But if you're putting on a very small amount, that's really important because it means you're getting, or we believe it's really important, because it means you're getting nitrogen to all grass plants. Yes. Um, and because our nozzles are relatively close to the ground, we're relatively unaffected by wind. So with this new technology, I imagine that there's been um, a, a, a reasonable number of teething problems. Um, and I expect a few challenges too. Are there any challenges that stand out for you that were bloody satisfying when you resolved them? Oh, there are lots. I'm not sure how much I want to talk about. <laughs> but, but, yeah, certainly. I mean, getting the unit robust enough for what's done with it. I mean, if you took a four-wheel drive, a brand-new four-wheel drive, and drove it around paddock all day, you'd be lucky to get a couple of months out of it. Yeah. Um, and so our big challenge has been to get the unit so that it really only needs to service annually. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be the odd bearing that needs changing sooner, but really you're trying to get that reliability that we kind of expect. We, we've forgotten that you know when you bought your Model T forward, you, you're lucky to get a thousand k's before you hit a Revo. Yeah, um, you know we've got to this point where we just expect things to go, but yeah. the reality is the engineering behind that is it's huge, and a lot of it, no matter how complex and workshop tests you devise and. and We've had some pretty rough tests and workshop. You then put the product out in the paddock and you find things fail because of unknown situations or things you never imagined or just the, the scale of the dust and the dirt and the water and so forth. Oh, yeah. There's so many variables, aren't there? So we, we currently have two units working in near you mm-hmm. and um, we, we have a, an ongoing continuous improvement process where we every time we get a breakdown, we're logging it working out why and trying to modify things so it won't happen again. But the challenge is to to optimise that process so that everyone wins. Yeah. And so what's the uptake been like, Jeff? Oh, well, it's a new technology and <laughs> we also need to make sure that we don't get too many units out there in too big a time. Mm-hmm. It's sort of about where I want it at the moment. We've got two units going and another two on order, which will be delivered over the winter. And um, that's you know good space for us to get our systems in place and so forth. Remembering that a unit is six ton of or six or seven ton of machine empty, so it's a sizable piece of engineering. Yeah, um, absolutely. As to the future, I guess that's as much dependent on science and outcomes as anything else. But I can see there's likely to be a point where suddenly we can really do something with those nitrification inhibitors and so forth. So, I mean, this isn't an issue just in New Zealand. Um, there's all sorts of applications all around the world and, and places which don't have the same sort of DCD um, restrictions. You know, what, what does the future hold in that regard? Uh, it's pretty exciting, really. So we've yeah. done a little bit of work in Australia and a little bit of work in Ireland, um, but there are a number of countries which either farm like we do some of the year or all of the year or are moving towards what we do. So if you're looking in those middle latitudes where they're unlikely to house the animals all the year, um, but they're, and they're on pasture for a decent amount of time, then you have a nitrate problem, generally mm. speaking. I mean, it varies. If you've got a clay pan, you don't really have a leaching issue, but, you know, that happens in New Zealand too. And, of course, the whole greenhouse gas issue is very big. 
So, yeah, there's big exciting opportunities overseas. And and I, I like the way that you're looking at it as as, as not being a, a magic bullet. This is this is part of the solution, and, and there'll be need to be other things that are done on farm to ensure that we're really um, pressing for those environmental improvements. Well, when you look at a nitrification inhibitor, if you put that on your whole pasture, there's a very good chance that it reduces the availability of nitrogen to grass that hasn't got urine patches. So the, the scientists and companies that are working on nitrification inhibitors are as important to us as we are to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, and there are um, there's there's people who are looking at application of fertilizer where they use um, visual technologies. How how does Spikey differ, or, or what's the sort of difference between those two types of application where you're where you with Spikey are putting on fertilizer in the the spaces that don't have urine patches, and they're using visual technology to try and do the same thing. If funnily enough, it's not really competitive. It's much more likely to be complementary. Um, so we have the ability to vary the amount of fertilizer we put on as well. And mm-hmm. the visual technologies are all about optimizing the amount of fertilizer you put on to get the best outcomes from your, your fertilizer budget. Mm-hmm. Now, if you couple that with what we can measure, such as your impact location, EC, soil moisture, suddenly you've got a whole lot more inputs. You've got the camera and the visual inputs, and you've got our inputs. So your outputs are going to be a level of an order of magnitude better. Yeah. And that's where I'd like to see us move to one day, but we have to walk first before we can run. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many applications I can see here for reducing the amount of fertiliser but improving the, um, the, the efficiency of the nitrogen that you have available. Yeah, very much so. I mean, nitrogen use efficiency is one of our key sort of things we're trying to improve. From my perspective, Spike is a, a big printer. Mm-hmm. And the potential long term is that it prints exactly what's needed onto each pixel, and the pixel isn't much bigger than a couple of grass plants, wow. so or pasture plants. So the reality is, it is a step change, and it is a cutting edge technology that could well just become the logical choice over time. It's certainly what I wanted to become. I wanted to really. It's the first application of true precision at a very small level to dairy farming and to pasture farming. And that's that, that's pretty exciting place to be. Oh, it it absolutely is, Jeff. I mean, precision agriculture is um, and watching it evolve has been um, yeah really mind blowing. And um, and Spikey is one of those pieces of technology you look at and you go, well, that's that's really helping us move in the right direction. Thank you so much for your time. We do oh, really appreciate you. it. It's um it's been really interesting. Um, I. I really like the way that you're applying science because, you know, there's there's so much out there and there's, there's a lot of talk, but where we apply science to these really tricky problems, you know, we will see those improved environmental outcomes come through. I'm, I'm certain that we will. Um, yeah. And hopefully it'll be a bit like the auto industry and safety or fuel efficiency or emissions where it becomes actually better for the farmer's business, not worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love that. I, I I do see that happening in the future. We've just got a we've just got a bit of water to go under the bridge before we get there. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Very good to talk with you. Now we know about Spikey itself. We wanted to speak to someone who uses it in their business. 
We're lucky to be joined by Vince Lobb, or Lobby, who farms on the MHV scheme with his wife Rob and has been involved in farming for over 40 years. Um, he's been based in Mid-Canterbury for over 20 of them, so he's almost a local, um, and he's no stranger to farming in this area. Uh, Lobby is also involved in a range of groups throughout the community, and thanks for joining us today, Lobby. Can you please tell us uh, about your journey and your farm system? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm a dairy farmer, and I've got two dairy farms of my own, and I'm in an equity partnership as well. I support blocks um, self-contained. We run a mostly all-grass system with a bit of silage on the um, shoulders of the season, and so, um, yeah, grass is really important to my system. Oh, okay. So, so spiky has been one of those things that's evolved a lot over the mm. years. When did you first hear about it, and, and tell us about your thought process around getting it on your property? Mm. So, well, I first read about it when they were using it up north around mm. the um, lakes, and um, so I'd, I'd heard a bit about it. And then my um, fertiliser contractor, he was looking at setting up Spikey, oh, yeah. and so the, I had that relationship with him. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and he just explained about it, and like I've always been looking for solutions, and I realised the problems in our catchment, so yep. I was looking at solutions that I could contribute to. Um, I always thought the urine patches were one of our biggest problems, mm. and this seemed to be targeting that. So, um, yeah, like to be honest, payout was quite good, and I could afford to do something. So I thought I'll do this bit for my community. And he needed some farms that were all close together, and some neighbours were doing it. So I said yes. So I said I'd give it a go on two of my farms. Yeah. And so when did you start doing that? So we started. I think just we did it a little bit three years ago in the autumn. We just started, and then the, at the start the machine kept breaking down a fair bit. So oh, this yeah. has been quite um quite a journey. And then they did some repairs, and then they started again in the spring the following year, two years ago. Yeah. And yeah, quite quickly broke down. It was struggling to keep up and bouncing over. Um. So then they went away and built a new machine that was good for our conditions, really solid. Yeah. And this year it's gone really good. It's gone through the whole season with one little breakdown um, just after Christmas. So we're basically now use it for the whole season. Yeah. So how frequently does it do they do they take it across the, the farm? Yeah, so it comes to our, our fa two farms um, three times a week. So every it needs to be done oh, okay. every second day. Um, to, wow, that's to while it's doing it. So they come in and do so we sometimes we're just doing half paddocks. On, yeah. Um, and so we just um, map it out and they just follow it and then they know to follow the fences too and they've got GPS so they're keeping track of where they are. So do they follow the cows? They follow the cows yeah, yeah within two days um, and it's a little bit longer over the weekend but three times a week every week um, and then they also they've got a bit on the back so they, they run some um, in protect over the back or yeah. ammo as we use it so we're still putting urea on uh, but we're just trying to lower the rates. And so what have you found like have you, have you been able to see a difference Look, it's this whole farmer perception thing, but one thing I do know is that I'm feeding out less supplement. Okay. I'm using less urea. I've got um, good good clover growth. It's actually looking really promising, but I can't say scientifically that this is done because I've just done the whole farm. But at this stage, I'm reasonably happy. It would make sense around your, your clover being more persistent if you'd reduce the amount of urea you were applying, wouldn't it? Probably as well. Yeah. We've always had a fair bit of clover because we've been like, as I said, an all-grass farmer, so we've kept our pastures pretty good. But this is certainly um, seems to be improving it um, and seems to be improving the amount of grass we have. We, yeah. Okay. So. Do you see much, as far as your soil fertility goes, have you seen anything Anything you've seen through there? Not yet, although, um, to be honest, our soil fertility last year, I don't know if it was all the rain, it did drop a bit. Yeah. I test every paddock every year, mm. so I've got pretty good records. 
and last year we did see a little bit of a drop, um, but we don't know if we, we, we are thinking that's the rain. It was across the whole catchment, so I well, we just rain. we had with that La Nina season, we just had so much, and it was yeah. two in a row, wasn't it? Oh yeah, just, and, just and, and big rains, big rains. So. Yeah, and so as far as a cost goes, because that's going to be something anyone's going to look at. Yeah. You know what? What does that look like? Yeah, no, it is it's reasonably expensive. Like it's not not a cheap exercise. You're talking about um, fifty dollars a hectare. So, right. And we're doing that uh, like eight times a year. So uh, you wow. start setting it up, but what about are, your urea yeah, offset though? Exactly. So we we need to uh, drop the urea. Look, the real benefit's going to come at the moment. It needs some more science, but if it's yeah. showing at the moment, it's showing a twenty six percent drop in nitrates leaching on your farm. Wow. That, that's massive. It is massive. And so isn't that's it? massive for our catchment. So that will offset some of the costs um, and then it is growing more grass and if I can drop the urea down keep dropping it down I'm just going slowly I'm not rushing into this yeah. because it's um yeah but it is showing good good, good growth at the moment so and so you know we've we've seen a lot of new technology that's mm. come into the market how do you because no one really wants to be bleeding edge <laughs> And, but but we, we can't afford not to be at the leading face of any mm. of this new technology. How do you think is the best way? I mean, you've talked a little bit about how they had to go back and rebuild the machine mm. for, for our conditions. But how do you think that we can enable more innovation in the egg space? Yeah, it's quite tough. Like I've always based my whole farming career on never being first. And here I am going out there being first. <laughs> and so this has been quite unusual for me. Um, mm. It coincided with good payout and, and understanding being involved with MHV, I'm, I understand all the issues facing us. So I am trying to help look for solutions. So I think, you know, we all have to do our bit. Yeah. And this is my bit. And, and it just all came together that I knew Johnny. Mm -hmm. I knew a bit about the science and I knew like he was yeah looking for innovation I thought good on him you know trying something different for yeah. our, our area so and it's very important to our area. Another thing is uh, we, we know that cows um, actually piss closer to the entrance so yeah. we can we can avoid putting any fertiliser on that now and yeah. hopefully so lower our urea rates that way by just dropping out 10% of the paddocks so automatically go down 10% in your, your usage so. And just I mean, urea is not cheap at the moment, no, is no, it? It's, no, it's it's been very so. The last couple of years, this has been really good. At sixteen hundred dollars a ton, I think it's been easy to put it on as the urea price is coming back yeah. down. It's just yeah, changing over. But for me as a grass farmer, it does seem a way for me to grow feed at a reasonable price, especially with the cost of the supplements at the moment. So, because I mean, you're you're farming on on Lismore silty loam. Yeah. yeah. And and so anything that does go through your yep. soil profile is gonna is gonna end up in the groundwater and in our in our rivers. Correct. Yeah. And I've done the done the figures on dropping cow numbers and it actually complicates my system. Right. Um, if I can do it this way, um, avoid leaching, have the same number of cows, it does actually help my system of grazing the farm, not topping and running a quite a cheap system. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, it's if I can do it this way, it would suit my system. So having having the machine coming in a few times a week and following the cows, have you have you noticed from an operational perspective? Are there any just issues there? Just doesn't wear us at all. Everyone just okay. knows they come in. Um, the drivers have been really good. The, um, Ashley, who's been doing it at the moment, she's just opening the shuts gates, gets on with all the staff. So that's been just so easy. Um, yeah. And though we're used to the truck coming in twice a week anyway. Um, so it's just one extra time. And if you talk to the other farmers in the in the area who are using Spikey, what have been their observations? 
Yeah, so some have been because one one guy did half his farm and and didn't do and didn't do the other oh, half. Oh, okay. So and he he reckons he's grazing more cows on that half, but. Uh, yeah, as I say, I still want the science to come through because farmers' anecdotal comments don't mean too much <laughs> to me, and it's the same with mine. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying things, but I haven't proved it. I've done the whole farm. Yeah. So it does need to be proved. It does need to get for overseer. But the technology of identifying your own patches is still pretty exciting to me. It is. It? It's um, really exciting, yeah, isn't it? And I'm confident of that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And and I think that's the... That's probably the piece that stands out for me. Mm. Is this is this is New Zealand technology that is that is being developed, mm. um, and and we're developing it on what is a really tricky problem. Mm. Yeah, and what another thing it's done to it that's done the business case of of a contractor owning the machinery, mm. how to operate it, um, how to time things, what he needs to do. Like the, the tractor's pulling this, so having farms close together is advantage. Um, so it's helped him develop a business as well because we need the business. Because it won't be an individual farmer with this machine, no. so we need to develop a business that is cost effective and it works for everyone. So, yeah, it needs to make a profit out of it as well. Mm. Yeah, and that's part of the wider community, isn't it? Mm. Being being part of the solution. Yes, and to be honest, like another thing, it does it. It runs tillers across all your um, uh, cow pets. Oh, so, so it helps break them up as well. So it's a little, little bit added advantage. And I go past, I see them all broken up. And I think put the um, when the uh, irrigation har- goes up. You don't have to harrow. No, it's not harrowing. It's, it's not really harrowing, but it's a little bit. And it's yeah. yeah and so in some ways, of that I've always been. That's been a happy surprise. I actually quite like it when I see yeah. that. And I think, oh, yeah. you see, yeah. So that's part of it. Are there are there any things that you're concerned about with the use of spiky? Um, it's just like it's it's a bit of a growth promoter. So are you depleting your soil? So it's, if it's doing that, but to be honest, it only does ten percent of the paddock every time. So I don't think that should be happening. And plus, you've got the added um, nutrients there from the cows um, peeing anyway. So at this stage, not much to worry about. I haven't noticed anything. I haven't noticed you know like nothing coming through. In nothing coming through. No, the... and nothing like the the pastures running out like after a while you can see the pasture sort of run out but yep. we're not seeing that no it's still a nice good color mm. so you've you've made a number of other on-farm changes over the last i can imagine that your farm system and your practices are quite mm. different to what they were 10 years ago yeah um do you see those continuing to evolve as well oh definitely definitely um just even to be honest like the uh, the 190 um, cap has changed changed my systems um, and I think we've got a lot more efficient with our um, area use so mm-hmm. why it came as a you know, bit of a shock at the start it's actually made us sharper mm-hmm. and with the increase in prices that certainly paid for itself anyway I think we were overusing it um, mm-hmm. using a lot of time and hoping now we're really disciplined about soil temperature moisture levels uh, Norwest days, we say no, you know, mm-hmm. whereas before we just flicked it on anyway, yeah, got into real routine, so. But yeah, systems always evolve, it's just, yeah, it's little bits all the time, it's just, there's no there's no big silver bullet, it's just, I suppose it's just like using probes in the soil, you know, with um, uh, just really watching the forecasts for irrigation and stuff like that now, whereas before we just used to, you know start and start, make sure it's nice and wet, so we're just, all little bits, everything just keeps improving. Um, just even the um, spreading fertiliser, just doing individual paddocks, mm-hmm. not blanketing stuff and just seeing what paddocks need. It's got quite technical farming, hasn't it? It seems that at the start, but once you do it, like it's just, it just gets normal. Mm-hmm. I've always said that 
the older people have there's the change is harder for older people mm-hmm. um, but when you're brought up with it you think it's normal so the young people working my farms they just no problem farm environment plans um, frontier plans um, doing spiky three times a week we used to get the truck in twice a month you yeah. know so everyone says it's getting more complex but they just think it's normal mm-hmm. and so it's just evolving but uh, do you think it's fair to say that it's all older people that think it's complex? Because I know that you wouldn't like to think of yourself as older, but you may well fall into that category. I, I, I am older and I'm, <laughs> and I'm resistant to change, and change is hard for me, and it's harder. Than but that doesn't, doesn't mean you haven't changed. No, it doesn't mean you don't change, but yeah. it is harder, and you just got to recognise that, that instead of saying no, say maybe, <laughs> and, and then, yeah, yeah, just, I'll just be learning. Like, um, as I say, I... It's. I look around what other farmers are doing. Mm-hmm. Peer to peer is always the best way. I, I try and mix with good farmers, so I get get their information. As I say, I've never been really first before much, mm-hmm. so I try to just follow the trends here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some really cool trends that are happening out mm. there at the moment, and I think this is this is one of them. So mm. Um, mm. no, we really appreciate you sharing your perspective on Spikey and the experience to date and um, mm. might be good to touch base with you in another 12 months time yeah. and, and, and see how that science has evolved and the, mm. the proof has come out because I know you talk about the anecdotal, um, mm. you know, what your observations and you think, oh, you know, that's just this. I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty smart on those, those observations, Lobby. You're very, very particular. So um, I expect to see um, exactly what you're seeing. I expect to see that in numbers in due course. Yeah, I hope so. It's just like, um, you know, it's just keeping on going. We'll still be using it next year. Yeah. There's nothing there at the moment that's putting me off it. Um, it is slow, but they're working on it. So, mm-hmm. no, it's just like everything. It'll take its time. Mm. Well, it will. And, and, and getting into Overseer, I think that's probably one of the pieces because getting something into Overseer is not a simple process. Mm. It's, it takes quite a lot of time. Mm. And so my expectation would be that Spikey would be able to prove their uh, uh, efficacy mm. probably before it gets into overseer and so I suppose the thing is is that a lot of farmers will pick it up people aren't doing environmental change to make it work in overseer they're doing the environmental change to see the improved outputs yeah. aren't they oh definitely um, if we can get something that's good for the environment and good for the wallet at the same time it'll be picked up quick yeah and a lot of people go past they do ask me about it oh do they yeah and as I say and um, when the sciences, I'll be yeah, happy to recommend it. So I just need a bit more science before I really go out and recommend it. Yeah. But antidote, like I'm feeling happy with it. Mm. Well, Personally. Yeah. I I suspect that um, if you weren't happy with it, you wouldn't be putting it um, on next Correct. year again. Correct. Like mm-hmm. uh, with budgetary, what's happening around at the moment? Um, it's tight, isn't it's it? It's tight. So to be still doing it, I can still see value in it. So yeah, um, absolutely. And that you know that that's value in the environment. You know, trying something new and also to my farm business. I know I've got family coming through now and, and I want to see them farming in Mid Canterbury. I want to see Mid Canterbury grow and robust and sustainable. Thanks for coming in today, Lobby. Uh, really appreciate you coming in to have a chat with us about how you've gone through the process of adding Spikey to your farm system um, and that adaption of technology, especially at this early stage. So after speaking with both Jeff and Lobby, it really highlights the longevity of the process of new technology. From that idea of concept, the product development, research and uptake as it's being applied. Um, It's certainly not an overnight success and requires involvement of a lot of people, which is the same as our journey of continuous improvement in the agricultural industry, which takes a lot of people working together. 
I think for me it also stands out the importance of giving things a go when it comes to change and utilising technology. I mean, Lobby talked about um, change being hard for him, but he's still getting out there and being part of the solution. So keep an eye out for our next MHV Voice episode, which will be available soon. We'll be speaking to someone all the way from Ireland about a topless barn. So that'll be quite interesting. Anyway, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers.